Welcome to this episode of Talking with the Benzies. I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Gerald. And we are going to finish off our conversation on our takeaways from reality TV, specifically Love is Blind season two. How are you feeling about that, babe? Well, I finally watched the, what was it called? The finale or whatever, the last episode. Last time I didn't. So, the I, reunion? Yeah, the reunion. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel good about uh, the couples that I am rooting for. And I also feel good about people I did not like that I hate. I voiced my concern in the last episode, <laughs> and they confirmed that in the reunion. So, um, actually made me happy. <laughs> there could not have been a bigger shit show <laughs> with uh, Shake uh, just yeah, yep. inserting himself into every conversation. Everyone was visibly and audibly disgusted with him Uh and so annoyed i have very rarely seen someone with less self-awareness than he has like i that was just the hardest thing for me to see was someone continually talking and not picking up the neon signs that nobody cares (laughs) and that you're opinion is not <laughs> valued in that space uh, just so much secondhand embarrassment but yeah but you're right it was good to see someone we did not respect just completely validate uh, our opinions and it was great to see how much he was imploding um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Deep T felt very validated by that yeah, she dodged a bullet there. Oh, a rainstorm of bullets, for sure. <laughs> um, But I don't know if, I mean, is there anything else that we want to talk about with that relationship? Anything that we, we talked about uh, her parents, her immigrant parents, and also Natalie's. Did we discuss? I don't think we discussed Natalie, right? Uh, Natalie and Shane? Uh-huh. No, we did not. Well, cool. We could kind of um, move into them then since they're kind of on the same path as Deep D and Shake. Uh, They've got some similar themes with their relationships with their parents and um, their relationship. Yeah. I got to ask... I don't know if this is this is unplanned, but I want to hear your thoughts on how did you feel about their relationship, Natalie and Shane? Like, what is it that if you admire them, what is it that you did admire about them? Uh, um. So I, I uh, this is hard because I never liked Shane. He was like way too hyper way too wide-eyed and weirdly mouthed. (laughs) I just (laughs) 
that dude has to be on some kind of drugs. Like from the minute I saw him, I just was very concerned for him. Um, and he does like throw tantrums a lot when he doesn't yeah. get what he wants. He uh-huh. or is like embarrassed. Um, I I just can't handle that. So I'm not sure my assessment. I will try to make my assessment of their relationship as unbiased as I can. But that's where I'm coming uh-huh. from. He's just like a total bro that is immature <laughs> and um, potentially on a lot of drugs. So, um, <laughs> so I honestly did not understand what Natalie saw in him. Her being a, a, a sweet, smart, well put together um person (laughs) um i i did there i did feel like their relationship did progress though they seemed to be complimenting each other in that way she was more serious and he was more fun um i guess my question is okay i i mean they imploded they never got married He, he got into a big fight with her the night before their wedding said some very hurtful things like he hated her and she was the worst thing that ever happened to him in his life. So I don't know how you ever really move on from that um, or why you'd want to, but I will not judge on that aspect. But if that had not happened and they were just the best versions of themselves that we saw, I'm wondering um, how much you really think that opposites can attract like, is that really possible or feasible for someone so serious, financially prepared, um, you know, a big planner and seemingly like very mature and forward thinking? Like, can you really make it work with a man child that said he didn't, he didn't believe in 401ks? <laughs> Like to start, (laughs) (laughs) or that spends two thousand dollars a month on food. Uh, I think so. It it just depends with uh, how much they are willing to learn. Because with Shane saying those things to me, it didn't seem like. I don't think he 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 was well informed on those decisions. You know what I mean? Because I just feel like he's he's someone who is lacking the right life lessons at the moment. So, yeah, it might work if you can actually um, be able to make them realize how serious that is, especially if you want to be married to someone and you want to start a family and things like that. You realize that, yeah, if you are single, things like uh, 401k might not be something that you might even think about or consider. Even life insurance, you might not even care about those things. But the moment you start planning your life with someone else, you um, they might change their mind, or they they might they might be willing to compromise on on some of those things. So I would say, yeah, it it will work, you know, as long as your partner is willing to to grow. What about their personality differences, like Shane needing? constant validation and verbal affirmations like he wants to be told that he's 
attractive. He wants her to be telling other people and bragging about their relationship and like having a lot of PDA, whereas she's more reserved, more private. Um, and she's also very sarcastic to him when he did request those things. She was like, Haha, you're a piece of shit. Like, I mean, uh, what do you think about that? Like, is that asking someone to be who they're not um, to fit your other person? Or what do you think? I felt like that was a conversation that they did not really explore very much because I have a feeling that Shane is coming from uh, a vulnerability position, if I might say. I don't know. Because he seems, like you were saying, he seems like someone who... I don't know if he was on drugs or not, but he might <laughs> be having like a, I don't know, recovering from something or dealing with some self-image issues and, and things like that. Maybe those things are important to him so that he can continue on the path to better himself, whatever path he's on. But I think the way they were having the conversation was not really beneficial for him because he seems like he was serious about it and she was not, or she was not seeing how that that matters to him. You know what I mean? But I genuinely feel like there is some valid reason for his personal growth, for him to be to be asking for those things. I don't think he's just like, he just wants to feel like, oh yeah, I'm a handsome guy, so you should tell me. So but- you you feel like him asking for... Verbal affirmation is a path to his growth. Yeah, or or it might be of language kind of thing, you know, like oh hey, I I I do better in relationships if I get these these things, you know. But I don't I don't know I don't know of anyone who would ask something like that for the sake of you know just asking. Right, and I mean, know, it's obviously something that he likes. Yeah, is that healthy I, I was, to be wanting like that be... all the time? Like, it, I don't or... know the healthy aspect of it. It might not be healthy. Or know, even if it's not healthy, I, I, but... I just, I just it... feel like... Go ahead. I just feel like they did not... They did not take that conversation seriously. Like, they did not dive into it like hey what does this really mean to you and why why is this important to you you know because i don't i don't know his reason for asking that up to now so i yeah I don't i'm know not if, sure if I he knows know. that <laughs> i don't know i definitely I don't know think he's he, insecure he <laughs> yeah i mean i don't i don't i don't want i don't want to say that per se since he looks like you know, he looks like someone who's been through a lot. Even the 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 conversation they had that uh kind of broke them up. I'm really curious <laughs> to like to know what was said and why those things were said because he he pointed out like, oh yeah, I mean, I was coming from an emotional place, and you know, he said things that he did not mean. I I I truly want to give him like a chance. I guess, but at the same time, the aspect of their personalities, yeah, that I never understood it because they are really like two opposite people. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying is like, even if it's 
if it's just your love language to want constant reassurance and validation, if someone, if that's not someone else's instinct or, I mean, I don't know, just, I guess, I mean, I mean, you can learn to speak someone's love language even if it's not your thing. Yeah. You know, so as long as I just feel like Natalie was not, did not really understand what that was about exactly. So it would be really hard for you to just do something because, you know, without understanding why are we doing this, it it becomes something else. It will mean something different or it will become confusing for you to be like, wait a second. Why does this? Why why are we even talking about this? Like, what's the reason why you need this constant validation? And you might find out maybe his previous relationships, like he always felt like he was not seen. He always felt like he was not handsome, or, you know, or he was cheated. And his girlfriend told him that the person she cheated him was so handsome, so he feels like he's not. You know, there are like a lot of reasons that I can speculate why someone would feel like that, but I don't know what is his story. So, if I were the host of the show, I probably would have asked that question. But he also did not want to talk about <laughs> about it in deeper detail mm-hmm. on the show, which is something that I felt like hmm, he might have um, a really uh, long story behind this. You know that he feels uncomfortable to just air it out in public like that. You know, so they might. I don't know. That's just how I feel about about him being so, you know, emotional and kind of like being like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, you know. So do you think um, what he said to Natalie uh, would be cause enough to not marry him? Like, is that reasonable? Because even if someone's coming from an emotional place, if they tell you that they hate you... Um. And that you're the worst thing yeah. that's ever happened to them. Like, I don't know. I uh, that's that's a difficult yeah, slip that's... of the tongue, <laughs> I guess, for me to call it that. Yeah, that can be enough to not want to marry someone. But again, I will go back to what I said before. Is like the thing is, he looks like someone who's recovering from something, you know. So say he has an episode uh, on his path of recovery and it makes him act out that way but that's not how you feel it takes quite a little bit of time to date someone like that and Mm -hmm. to witness a few of those episodes and for them to explain to you what's really happening with them so that you can understand like, okay, so next time, if we get this level of being emotional, should we, you know, should I walk away so that you don't say things you don't mean? Or then, you you know, you find other methods of um, of dealing with that. You know, I cannot, I cannot imagine what happens with people. Because, for example, like someone who, who does not know how to manage their anger, they, they, they do that a lot. You know, people say things they don't mean because they're angry. But it doesn't necessarily mean like that's how they feel. It's just that in that second, 
they don't have that self-regulatory uh, aspect of it. It'll be like, hey, I am too angry here. Let me not say anything or let me walk away or something like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they will be in trouble a lot of times because of that. But it does. In most of the time, it doesn't really mean that's how they feel about the person. It's just they need to address right. It. But yeah, I don't so, think someone needs to sit through that and be like, "Oh, well, you're still working this out." I feel like that's something you need to work out on your own before you take that into a relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, plus, plus for him to say you are the worst thing that has ever happened to me, that's kind of like. You know, there's like a lot of projection in there because what I don't know, you know what I mean? I we do not know the <laughs> what were they actually talking about or feeling about, but looking at their life right now, they haven't they haven't even moved in together, you know what I mean? Like she hasn't asked him to do anything to, to like change his life in like really, you know, big ways or ways that matter. So that's kind of a weird statement to hear someone say that, you know. Because you're like, wait a second, you don't, she didn't even ask you to, you know what I mean, to change like a lot of stuff. It's not like Natalie was, I don't know what she said or whatever, but it just sounded like it was too big of a statement to say at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a few weeks in. So if you're that far. (laughs) Yeah. After only a few weeks of being with someone, I mean, that's. I know it's yeah. a stressful situation the way that they met and the pressure of deciding yeah. if you're going to be with someone for the rest of your life and being filmed. But I mean, I yeah, it's, it's really crazy. But anyway, yeah, from, from that couple, I mean, I, I did not really, I wasn't really a fan of them. So I was surprised to hear a lot of people during the reunion saying, yeah, we are cheering for you, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, which is, which is also cool. You know, maybe they were seeing something that I just felt like, I don't know. It didn't really feel like it was something that I would personally think that this was going to last. It just looked like there's a lot of, a lot of work required for them to work. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So, so yeah. But otherwise, I mean, both of them are not really bad people, though. Um, Fair enough. They are good. They are good people. Um. Should. So what's what's our what's our one sentence synopsis of what we're taking away from their relationship? From their relationship, I would say, um, I don't know how can I summarize uh, uh, emphasis on working on yourself. Yeah, I think that was a good example of knowing your own self and your own love language or your own insecurities uh-huh. um, and communicating that with your partner. Yeah. Prior to, I don't know, getting too deep or, or expecting them to just know it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Knowing yourself, doing your own work, going to therapy and bringing 
that self-awareness into your relationship and communicating what you need. I think a lot of disappointment happens in relationships when uh, you kind of expect the other person just to pick up on things um, like either, you know, acts of service that you would like or words of affirmation, things like that. I mean, I would hope that all partners would, would try to just generally be kind <laughs> to one another, but we also don't always acknowledge uh, those acts unless it's something that we're looking for or recognize or have been treated like in the past, you know? So yeah. uh, in both ways, I think it's good to communicate that just so you're not missing the things that someone is doing for you. And also that you're learning just how your partner wants to be loved. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's take a quick break and we will come back and talk about our last couple. Awesome. All right. Okay. Welcome back. Um, do we have just one couple left? Have um, we talked about all of them? Not really. Uh, been a good, a good, uh, a good thing to think about on the break, but here we are. Doing it live for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, last time, who did, did we talk about? We talked about Jared and uh, and Ayana, and we talked about Sheikh, and then we just talked about uh, Shane and Natalie. Uh, we haven't talked. Did we talk about Mallory? No, they were kind of boring to me. Okay, so so, they are not together, so, so we got two more. So about. so Nick and Danielle. Nick and Danielle. Uh-huh. And that's and Danielle, just another they, example. They said, they said yes, right? Yeah, they're married. It's been uh, almost a year since they've wrapped up filming and they're still together. They are in couples therapy, so that's great. Yeah, Nick and Danielle, I think for me, what I really loved about them was that aspect of I feel like it was really difficult for them the first stages to talk about things that kind of bug them things that they did not like about the other person you know <laughs> things that they were thinking about in having a life together but i would like to say the way they handled it is probably like something that we should all kind of learn about because they allowed themselves to be pissed off about the other person but at the same time <laughs> they i feel personally you know, attacked they, they would tell them that <laughs> Yeah, like no. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a healthy thing to 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 let your partner know like hey, this actually pisses me off, but it's not a personal attack on you, but I I'm trying to get used to this thing because I just found out this is how you feel about this. I just found out that this is what you do. So Gerald Benzi, when was the last time you told me something I did piss you off? Well, if you didn't do anything, I'm not going to make it up. <laughs> There's no I'm way. Gonna... We've been married three and a half years and I've never done something that has a, that's pissed you off. That's I'm... a lot of double negatives. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> I, have said, I have said a lot of things that, like, I, I remember you used to love to freaking blow in my ear and I told you, <laughs> you so that's not true that you have, I haven't told you things that 
Uh, it's so disarming, though. It's really, I do love you a lot that I haven't done that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's that's what I, I, I felt about them, too, because they had quite a, a bit of differences that I was like, I don't know if these people, if they move in with each other, if they're not going to kill each other. But but I, I was surprised how they talked about it and how they were kind of like, I know for, for what's his name? Nick? Is it? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick, yeah. I know it was really difficult for him to listen to begin with. And I I did admire him admitting in the, uh, the reunion that, yeah, I wanted to fix things. I did not know how to listen. So every time he would bring up something, I would go into fix mode. So he's not listening. He's looking for solutions while she's talking. But that's not what she was looking for. She's just like, I just want you to listen to me. That's why I want you to, you know, just be, be just be upset with me for a little bit. But don't try to fix it. I just want you to hear me. Which is really like something that I feel like in most relationships, it's not something that comes natural to people that sometimes when someone brings up something to you, they are not asking you for a solution. They, they just want to be heard, you know. It's very difficult for us to just sit there and be upset with someone without trying to do something to change the entire situation because someone's grief or someone's anger or when someone is pissed off, you don't naturally just share why they are pissed off. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, you don't immediately just be like, oh, yeah, I understand you're pissed off. Let me be pissed off with you. Yeah, like, okay, you're pissed off. Let me make you smile. But the other person is like, no. I want to deal with this stuff first, then we can smile later. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I think that's right along with our our conversation about love languages is just communicating how you want someone to react uh-huh. or respond. Um, and again, I think that's like a romantic comedy thing where we just, we do want our partner just to like magically know what to do and to say the right thing all the time. Uh And that's not realistic because we are different people and we have different opinions and different perspectives and different lives. And that I know it seems magical to like, just find that person that like fits you perfectly and does everything that you hope and wish they would do. But it's, it's kind of more meaningful that that is something that you can grow into and that you can, you can change those things and learn your partner well enough to know how to react. I think that's kind of more the magic of a successful relationship is like growing to, to know how your partner would like you to respond. Yeah. Um, I think that's more meaningful than just like naturally being like that and, you know, just happening to match up exactly on all those different ways. So Mm -hmm. that's a really good point. I, I wish them the best. Um, They were a little, they were a little bit rocky towards like the middle of the program, the program. I sound like I'm 90 years old, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I think they were the most realistic as yeah. far as you know, two people from different backgrounds, different lives coming together and making a new life together. I also, I I really feel like the 
that therapy should just be 100% destigmatized. And I think people should go to their own individual therapy to work themselves out, you know. And yeah. I hope people, I hope most people would start that before they're in a relationship because uh, everyone is, is valuable enough <laughs> to, to be their best selves for themselves. I don't think we need to, you don't need to, other people. yeah, you don't need to, to be your best self just for someone else. Um, I think it's meaningful to do that for yourself too. And it gives you a good perspective to understand other people as well once you get into a relationship. And I mean, that benefits not only romantic relationships, it benefits relationships with everyone. Um, yeah. to, to know yourself and know where you're coming from and be working on those weaknesses. But it also helps you to identify your strengths and to identify other people's strengths and to, to give people more grace because you know the work that you've put into yourself. So... I don't know. I just think it would be make the world a better place if, <laughs> if everyone wow. would just go to therapy. <laughs> that sounds like something on a t-shirt. Therapy makes the world a better place. It does. Being a human is complex and nobody really knows how to do it healthily all the time. Um, especially when you're in your own head, you know? So Yeah. Uh, go to therapy at uh, the end. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's my biggest takeaway from this. And I think too, it's so easy to, to like feel like you have an inside look to a relationship. Like we, you don't really sit and watch anybody else's relationships, right? Like this closely. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, I, I am acknowledging like it is TV <laughs> and, I can't say that everything is 100% genuine or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, this is the closest you can have to like just observing people. And it's so easy to judge people like through a television screen. Um, But in just like a most ridiculous kind of reality TV way, we're still watching relationships and we're still judging relationships. And it's just like, it might be ampl- amplified, but it's just such a good reminder that, like, everyone is is screwed up in some way. Like, everyone has some quirk. Some, yeah. You know, something they need to work through. There's some trauma in your life. There's whatever. And, um, and it's just a complex thing to, like, get together with another human that also has their weird quirks and their weird trauma and their weird sense of normal. You know, so I don't know. It's just, even though it's amplified and dramatized for television, like, it is still a good reminder that we all are genuinely imperfect and we all have room to grow. And But that it is possible to do that work and to make a happy life with someone. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, been a year, so good for them. But <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm I'm truly I was happy for them, like even just seeing them sharing stories about you know the, the partying thing. He wasn't into partying a lot and dancing on furniture and stuff. I was like, Yeah, he seems to me like he's 
all proper and all put together. So you might be pissed off when they. <laughs> but just like hearing them sharing their journey, going to couples therapy, and him understanding her and her understanding him. Yeah, it's it's something that we all need to see. It's like, yeah, your imperfections are what makes you compatible uh, sometimes. And you just need to work on them in such a way that you understand that to begin with, it's your self-growth. It's you being the best you can be. And then mm-hmm. second, it's, it's you living the life with the partner you have, cho- you have chosen, like, Okay, so this is something that we are building with our two different personalities and our flaws and our imperfection. This is something we are bringing to the table and this is what we are building together. And you both just communicate that and re- just reinforce that uh, team spirit, you know, like, yeah, it's us with our imperfections and this is the the life we are building together, you know. Yeah, 100%. Um. I listened to another podcast. Um, they had Deep D and Natalie on it. Um, and then they also had a moderator from like match.com. Uh-huh. And so it's this woman that's, that's written books on romance and dating and, uh, you know, has done a lot of research. Um, and she just was saying that generally like, Americans have this idea like we're so capitalist minded that you know everything takes work 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 and you do just need to like work 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 on this relationship and she was kind of saying like Uh if a good relationship shouldn't be that much work and that just made me think about that I'm not sure how I don't know. I want more details. I don't know how I feel about it exactly, but tell me what your initial reaction to that is. This idea that while we know marriage takes work, the amount of work that some people think is unrealistic and is evident that it maybe shouldn't work out if you're putting in too much work. What is too much work to you? Or do you agree with that sentiment at all? Um, naturally, I would want to say I don't agree with it because the thing is, I don't know. Um, I mean, I did not study this, but I, I personally feel like the the way to work itself is not something we can generalize. You know what I mean? Because what can be too much work for me? cannot be anything to someone cannot be even wake to the other person so say for example i am married to you and we have to go to therapy to communicate with each other for example and i feel like okay this is too much work for me to keep on learning how to communicate with you i feel like oh yeah if if we if you are my life if you are my soulmate we should just communication is just something that will come naturally you know that might be me and how I how I feel, you know, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is 
too much work or it's something that can distance the next person from a relationship and be like, yeah, I get you. Like, yeah, I shouldn't learn to speak to my wife or something like that. So I would want more details on what are we talking about is this is too much work. Then there comes the aspect of someone who starts working on themselves whilst they're in a relationship. Yeah, for me, that can be too much work depending on how much work they are doing on themselves, you know. So there are other things that like you meet someone, they were not used to live with someone. So they are they are working on themselves on, okay, how do I make a space with another person and accommodate them? That's reasonable. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then there is something like, okay, this person does not even know how to live like a human being. And now you want to... <laughs> You know, you want to start working on those basic things in a relationship. Yeah, that can be too much work because, yeah, I cannot keep on telling someone how to cook, how to clean dishes, how, you know, in a, the, the bare minimum that you can do for yourself to begin with. That's, that can be too much work, you know. So I wouldn't really agree with that per se because there's also the aspect that other people, there are people who literally like grow because they are with someone, you know, because mm-hmm. naturally, naturally they do, they, they do not really, they need that, you know, that back and forth with someone for them to see themselves. So the moment they are with someone, you, everybody's surprised, like, wait a second, this guy or this woman is capable of doing all these things. Yeah. And they, they haven't done any therapy. It's just that they are with someone else, but then they feel like, oh, yeah, I can do one, two, three, and four. And also, like we, like we normally say to each other, like, yeah, if, if, you, if you meet the right hype man, you might not even <laughs> need to go to therapy. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's too much work, you know? And also, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's less work to us. It's just that you are finding a way to personal growth so it depends on the person what can be too much work on the other person and what can be too much work on yourself to be like okay i i, I am done with this but overall my main my main negative reaction to that is we all need to work on ourselves on at some point so i do not really think there's something called too much work okay you know? So I I don't I that's where I disagree with, with her, but I might be wrong because I don't have I don't have in, the information that she has for her to confidently say that. But for me, I'm just like yeah. Even if you don't meet someone in your entire life, you do need to keep on working on yourself on your own. So meaning, there is a tremendous amount of work associated with just being a better human being without without the other person in your life so when the other person comes in your life definitely there is some work that needs to happen you know yeah that's very true i i agree with you in that yeah i don't think that uh self-care self-work that there's a limit on that and Uh that should be done mostly for your own self and for your own gratification. So uh, I don't think there's a limit to wanting to, to be your best self, you know, and knowing that like 
we're never going to be perfect and accepting that. Um, but still wanting to do the best for yourself. Sure. Um, and, but yeah, I, I like the idea of in that work, I would assume that you'd also come to an understanding of what your own personal limit is or your own boundaries, you know, if, Uh I mean, technically Natalie and Shane, for example, like could work it out. Right. But like it, for me, I think it would be too much work to try and work past um, someone saying that to me <laughs> um, and like the horrible name calling yeah. that they did with each other, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's possible, but are you willing to put in that work, you know? Or is that just too much? So I guess, yeah, like, but you know, I, but maybe I couldn't fault someone else for wanting to work through that. It's kind of the same with like, I even think with cheating, like, especially when listening to like Esther Perel, her emphasis really is on infidelity and, um, you know, when done right and worked through it correctly, like even something as damaging as infidelity can make a marriage stronger um, if they work through it. But does that mean that everyone should be subjected to work through it? No. Yeah. So I think that big takeaway then too is just, yeah, understanding like your own, your own boundaries and how much work you're willing to put in as a couple and maybe even just finding someone that kind of aligns with that, you know? Um, Yeah. Like, this is what we're willing to do. I mean, there are some couples that aren't willing to go to therapy or, um, you know, just as an example. So if that is a deal breaker for one half of you, you know, that could be, that could be too much. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it just seems like all of our themes are kind of just like (laughs) self-awareness and understanding your own boundaries and communicating those boundaries, communicating uh, your love language, communicating um, uh, responses that you would appreciate, whether you're grieving, whether you're excited about something, whether you're um, confused or angry or hurt, you know, all these things. So, yeah. And not and not over uh, compromising too. It's something that um, I I like what the the host of uh, Love Is Blind said about uh, relationships that do not have disagreements or something like that. It's like yeah, sometimes that that can be a bad thing because one of you might be you know compromising a lot than the other person, and then you know that will lead to someone exploding one day and you know (laughs) then you both be like where did this come from so it's also it's also something that i would include on the on the boundaries it's just like yeah recognize the things that you are comfortable compromising and 
you know, be able to communicate that, be like, hey, if, if this happens, like, I, I don't think I can, I don't think I can keep doing this, you know what I mean? Such that, like, you might not just assume, like, oh, yeah, they see, it. you know, one day we're just going to smoothen it over and then everything will be fine because it's very easy for that to happen, especially in new relationships. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, you just made you in that honeymoon phase, then you pick up something that you're like, mm, I might not like this. Then you're like, okay, it's just the first days. Then time goes on. <laughs> Six months in, you're just like, you know what? <laughs> I feel like this is going to, you know, this is now too much for me or something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that that's something that I, I would say I also took away from um, uh, Nick and uh, dang it, I keep forgetting your name. No, you just said it, so. So yeah, that's that's another thing that I I did admire about their relationship is they they we, uh, they put that upfront like hey, okay, let's talk about your costumes, you know, <laughs> let's talk <laughs> about living with broken furniture, you know, things like that because it's it's small things, but if you expose yourself to small things every day, they become mounted, you know. So I I do I do love that that they showed us that aspect of relationship is like yeah something is is simple or is <laughs> as silly as that is like okay you have a freaking hot dog uh, costume in your closet you know even back <laughs> you yeah put it out there so that your partner knows like hey you know what I, I as much as I I will wear this once a year maybe I can take it away somewhere so that you don't feel like I wake up every day, look at this hot dog uh, costume and I'm tempted to wear it every day or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's pretty I cool. I hope that was a real problem for her. That would make me very happy. <laughs> I'm just yeah, so tempted to wear this hot dog costume every day. Yeah, because that was his reaction. Because you, if you look at his closet, his closet was like very clean with his clothes that he wears every day. Then we went to he, she opened her closet to him, and then he was just like bombarded by costumes. And you can tell in his face, he's just like, "Wait a second, how often are you wearing these things?" You know what I mean? <laughs> he's just like. I do not know if I'm going to come home to you like being a pizza slice or something. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, is this our life now? (laughs) He should be so honored. (laughs) And for the record, he did have costumes in his closet. They revealed that at the reunion. So I'm, I'm glad that he is apparently more spontaneous and fun than he lets on on the show. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. I mean, yeah. Just give people time. You really get to know people. I do believe that this experiment is possible. I do. I do have faith in particularly other couples <laughs> that I've seen be successful. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, just still taking that time to get to know people. I mean you would hope everyone is genuine in themselves and very upfront with who they are, but it's very easy to hide who you are for a few weeks. Yeah, it is. Even, even unintentionally. I mean, it's easy to be on just your best behavior for a few weeks, you know? Um, And especially like in that honeymoon stage, it's a lot easier to like ignore things that, are beyond what you'll actually tolerate 
kindly (laughs) or compromise with. So, I mean, it's worth another, it's worth another season and therefore another conversation. I think it'll be interesting to continue. But yeah. Anyway, awesome. so in closing, we can end on a good note. I came across uh, an Instagram video where uh, Sheikh actually issued a public apology to Dipti. Mm. So, is that a good note? I don't believe him. Well, if I mean, at least the, for once, he's doing something in the right direction. He's been pressured <laughs> enough to actually do it. One no, step towards the self-awareness. Said, uh, his caption was that he he uh, had a private conversation with her and he apologized, but he just wanted to apologize publicly for uh, for the people that he also hurt by his actions towards her. So that was kind of reasonable. I was like, okay, and, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't believe him either. But I was just like, okay, <laughs> at least. These are these are small steps in the right direction. This is the, this is what we can reference to the power of social media backlash. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but power to the people, you know. <laughs> if we can make Shake apologize, <laughs> we can get health care. <laughs> we can get a woman as a president. <laughs> <laughs> we can build a wall around Florida. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and that and Texas. Just kidding. There are some really great people in Texas. Yeah. We can vote these stupid governors out. <laughs> so is this your announcement that you're running for office? <laughs> No, but I will vote. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Cool. Well, I think we've reached the end. Speaking, yep. but just last thing. Uh-huh. Just speaking of communicating how we would like our partners to respond. Uh-huh. Hypothetically, Gerald, if your wife found uh-huh. out a secret talent that she has Uh uh-huh like completely in an unexpected manner like extrawing hypothetically okay (laughs) go on (laughs) do you find it unreasonable that she would want you to be like super excited super excited in what way (laughs) like very vocal. I don't know, just like a welcoming energy, <laughs> like hugs, celebrations. <laughs> like, what would that mean for you, hypothetically, to be asked to respond in that way? Hypothetically, to be asked <laughs> to be excited, Nico is fishing for compliments to me. Like if if I if I if I found out a secret talent I had and I'm and I'm asking you to to be so hyped, I feel like I am fishing for compliments. No, because fishing for compliments is 
is for no reason. Like, you're just like, I just need you to tell me that I'm pretty. Like, when you're just sitting there not trying to be pretty. But when you yourself discover something unexpectedly, that's not fishing. That's that's a surprise. And that's exciting. What if I, what if I discover that I have a secret talent in something that you are not interested in? Is it fair for me to expect you to be excited? Yeah, because I'm happy for you. If you're excited about it, then because I love you, I'm also excited for you. It doesn't have to do anything with the activity that it is. I can just be excited for you because I love you. Yeah, I yeah, I guess I guess they can be excited, but I don't think you can ask them how to be excited though. Isn't that a love language though? Isn't that our conversation? Isn't isn't that a love language to be excited for the other person? Yeah, I'm saying like an example like for Shane and Natalie, like he wants compliments. She doesn't do that naturally, but we're saying like, okay, but if you care about someone, then you learn how to respond or give them what they want, even if it's not natural for you. Yeah, but in that instance, in that instance, I don't think like you can. That's that's like the exact same conversation. I feel like they did not have is like he is not he did not explain to Natalie what that means to him. So yeah, she was she she thought he was handsome, you know, but she just did not say it the way he wanted. So that's why I'm saying like it's not her thing so you have to explain to that to your partner like hey this is what this means to me so that they will also start to teach themselves to give you that so you can understand that okay even though your excitement does not involve you jumping around doing jumping jacks and hugging me or lifting me up wow you are still excited but if you know that i love to see jumping jacks when someone is excited then yeah that i can start (laughs) <laughs> then you do that, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, like, you, on the other end, the person who is vocalizing their love language should not, like, feel like, oh, maybe they're not excited because people get excited differently. Plus, love languages, they have dialects. If you tell someone that, yeah, I enjoy gifts, to them, it will just mean going to a store and buy a gift. But some people enjoy gifts that you make for them yourself that you did not buy. So which is a different dialect, you know what I mean? So you kind of have to explain these things until you get to a point where your partner understands that and then they can do that for you. So now that we've had this conversation, hypothetically, next time we do something new, how does that change how you're going to react? I'm going to be your hype man because I <laughs> noticed that you you did not think that I was excited for you, even though I was. So that's something that I learned that is kind of <laughs> new to me. So, yeah, I will, I will know that, yeah, saying uh, good job, saying, oh, yeah, that was good is not enough. Maybe I will hype <laughs> you next time. Maybe we'll do a bum jive or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, what was that word? A what? A bum jive. 
I look forward to that. I don't want any details. I just want that to happen. Yeah, I would you can teach surprise you. me. Yeah, I, and I jumping jacks that. apparently. Oh, if that's your thing, babe, I, <laughs> I, I, I will show you. I'm excited. This was all a hypothetical conversation, just real life application. Yeah, was, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what, listeners? My new talent is you guessed it, axe throwing. Yeah, she found out she can throw axes and. Yeah, I thought like, it was a compliment that I was, I, was willing, I was willing to film you and submit it as your audition for Walking Dead. But Did you though? I, I, you just I talked about it. Compliment. <laughs> and you I didn't said, tell I, me I, that. I you told you our friends that. <laughs> no, I told you. I, I said that to you. I was like, hey, do you want me to record this for Walking Dead? And then you just laughed. <laughs> All right, fair enough. That, that was a good compliment. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I am a humble winner. That's all I'll say. <laughs> all right. So I guess I guess this will conclude our episode on your personal note. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just us, but that's okay. It was worth it. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, Catch us next week for a new episode of Talking with the Bensies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you saying anything? I thought you just closed it. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> you are psycho. This has been Talking with the Benzies. I am Gerard Benzi. And I'm Mackenzie Benzi. Our music and soundtrack is by Coda Blake. And our cover art is by Nicole Danielle Papery. You can follow us on our Instagram page, Talking with the Benzies. And don't forget to rate and subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And until next time, keep, keep talking. talking.